If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland, a mysterious, all-powerful character, but a crusader for law. Hey folks, welcome to the show. I'm Sal. I'm joined today by Tom King. Tom, thanks for being on the show today. What a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, man. You rock. Oh, no, no, no. You are the one who rocks, man. You're the one who creates art, and I'm the one who talks about how dumb it is until I read the damn thing and then I go, oh... <laughs> I'm the dumb one, uh, such as it is with Rorschach. I know you, Rorschach is like old man. That was your that was like your blue period when you were like, <laughs> "Fuck everything, man." Here's some, here's something dark. Here's, here's some nihilistic stuff. <laughs> here's something nihilistic. Was there blue, so, my blue period. I like. Well, because you were saying, I'm, you know, I'm like Supergirl is so much more hopeful, and uh, and, and and it's man, it's funny because you want to say like Supergirl, some of your best stuff, and then I read Human Target, and I'm like, oh my god. Um, my wife though was like, no, Supergirl. Supergirl is the best thing. She's I do, I like Supergirl. It helps with that Bilquist art. That makes that oh, but yeah, then I just got the Smallwood art in for some and I was like, Oof. I saw that and that's is. is that the the hiatus art? Is that the art that's coming? That's the heart that's coming, yeah. And it yeah. is it is some sexy stuff. I mean it Hell is yeah. some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in a on a comp book. Yeah, Woo. it it reminds me of like an earnest uh version of like like a nineteen sixties uh kind of flick like it reminds me of um you remember down with love it's not from the 60s but it was like that parody of the 60s but like yeah if it was meant like because it's got that like you know it's it's hd it's beautiful but also keeps that aesthetic and it's just oh yeah but uh but we're not talking about anything new we're talking about rorschach uh, yes yeah, we're talking about rorschach yeah because i read rorschach. love yeah, I'm glad you still like it. It's not like, oh man, I don't want to talk about Rorschach, man. <laughs> no. I wrote it and I just, I just had to purge it from my system, and then now it here, here it is. But no, there's, I, lo I love talking about. It. I feel like it's, it's a book people have to sort of give a chance. It's you have to overcome some obstacles to get into Rorschach, right? Yeah, there's a couple of, uh, there's a couple of levels, and I wanted to kind of tackle those a little bit. So it'll be, this will be more of a, of a, of an actual kind of interview because I have, I do have questions as opposed to me just going off on a tear and then you interrupting me to go. That's no. <laughs> and then just go off on your own. So, uh, but the, the thing I had to ask first was regarding the Rorschach book. And it's one of the obstacles I think for a lot of people, which is like, why? Cause this could have been just a, this could have been its own thing. Yeah. But, I think it's, I think it's a great question. But like, why Rorschach? Like did, did they go to you and go, we're doing Rorschach with or without you. You better tell us something. Or was it like, I, you have an idea and you're like, I think it could fit Rorschach. No, so it was, it, this was a, a, an editor-in-chief who goes, Dan DiDio, uh, <laughs> yep. back in the day. D Dan's a very, uh, Dan and I always got along. Yeah. Uh, he's a big guy, he's a, you know, a very big personality. And Mitch and I had just got off Mr. Miracle and we're like, wait till you hear our plans for Adam Strange, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he was like, yeah, that sounds great, but can you, like, how about if I put you on a character that actually sells? You know, like, that fair. Was, that was the publisher, <laughs> that's this fair question. And so, at the time, he was, he was like, our, you know, our, un, we need Watchmen. That's a brand in DC that sells. Batman sells and Watchmen sells. Fair. And he's like, you do Rorschach. How about you and Mitch Rorschach? And I was like, not only no, but hell no. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. Um, yeah. I'm already uh, an Alan Moore, like, poor clone of him you know like oh. i don't want to be um you don't put on a shelf him. next to him to be compared uh i mean there's all sorts of issues with doing him you can't how do you even do it again what he watchman did everything right yep my phone is ringing in the middle of the night who the fuck is calling me right at this hour oh oh <laughs> 
Oh, actually, that's really important. It's, you're, you're like one of those things like, oh, my kids are all asleep, so they can't be in trouble. But then <laughs> like, I don't know, but could it be like my father? You know, who's calling you this? Yeah. Uh, it's, it was another YouTube podcast. It was Comic Historian. Saying, like, yeah, talk really <laughs> so I got to go. Uh, <laughs> I was, you know, you you actually had me for a second because we were friends and – when I tell him stuff like this, where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go talk to Tom King. He's like, son of a bitch isn't going to get Tom King before me. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, uh, so, so I was, yeah, I was, I, I didn't see a way to do it smartly. I thought it would be incredibly idiotic. Yeah. And uh, so that time passed and two things happened. Um, number one, the, the Watchmen TV show came out. Yeah, which, which I very much enjoyed, and when I saw it, it was almost like a revelation because when I first tuned in, I was like, "This is going to be crappy. It's going to be like Watchmen, but over ten hours instead of over yeah. two. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "It was not in the mood for it." And it came out, and it was set in the modern day, and it wasn't about the things the original Watchmen was about. It wasn't about the rise of fascism and superheroes. It was about like race in America and like the lies we tell each other. Yeah. And, but it, but it used Watchmen in a way where it was like we're not repeating Watchmen, we're using the language of Watchmen to sort of signal that this is an important story. It was like mm. using it as a language instead of as a as something to copy, right? Which I found to be inspiring. And so I was like, oh, you can do this. Like, and and, and also people were into it. Like they they were able to set aside and get into it. So both from just an artistic standpoint and from a you can get an audience engaged standpoint, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That was step one. Step two, I did Batman Annual 4 with Jorge Fornes. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite Batman issues ever. And when I was getting the art back, and that's an issue where I had, I had, um, I did seven different stories in seven different genres, and Jorge drew them all. There's like a Western genre, and a monster genre, and a mystery yeah. genre, a boxing genre. And as I was getting the, I had worked with Jorge a little bit before, I was the one who sort of plucked him off of Twitter. And put him into comics but when i was seeing those pages and i was like oh jorge's like a genius like i had right. found i had found an incredible storyteller not just a guy who could draft but a guy who could just who had something in him like you know like abriel waltz on vision or yeah uh, um and and, and so I, I i i talked to dc and they're like and again this is a totally different management than today but they did not see what was in jorge they kind of were like he draws like david mazzichelli we, we, you know, what, what do we need? I was like, yeah, he drawed like David Mazzucchelli. David Mazzucchelli is one of the greatest. He's genius. Like, yeah. <laughs> we've got, you know, we've got a, uh, you know, for 30 years, we've been, you know, uh, people who draw Chasing like Jim it. Lee. We might get, you know, one or two that draw like Mazzucchelli, you know. That's true. Uh, um, And so I I knew Jorge sort of, he was going to go off to Marvel. People were, were pitching him. I was like, I got to find him a project. And so I knew they wanted me to do Rorschach. I knew a Rorschach could be done. So yeah. like I used I used his leverage to be like, if you don't let go of Jorge, then we I'll do Rorschach with him. Oh, that'll get him. And then that was that that would then and then that's the birth of Rorschach. So yeah, wow. it was it was it was those two things. And then it became a matter of how to not make it a bad cover song, which is right. Right, which is which is a tall order because it's at the end of the day when you look at anything made in that world, I mean, especially like the before Watchmen stuff and then the doomsday clock after it, like some folk are like, eh, I mean, Alan Moore talks about like raccoons going through his trash. And <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was equally skeptical of the concept of Rorschach, especially since it had been done before. Like there had already been a Rorschach book and, uh, 
Yes. And I was like, yeah. And I read the first issue and it undeniably Jorge Fornes' art was like next level. Like there was something there. Um, but, and I, I don't know if it was because it was so uh, uh, methodically paced or if it was because I was just still not in the mindset. Cause I didn't watch the show when, when it first came out. I was like, yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> no, makes, I had the same instinct. I wouldn't right. watch it. My wife wanted to watch it. Yeah. So it was the same thing. Yeah. I'm sure my wife would love it because she's a genius. But uh, uh, yeah, so um, but reading it again, you know, re finally reading it. It needs to be together. You can't read it month to month. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no way because I poured because I ripped through this freaking thing. And by issue seven, I uh, it was like three in the morning and I'm like, I have to go to bed. And I had nightmares uh, about it which is great. I think that's the mark of a good piece of <laughs> literature, right? Cause it wasn't just, it wasn't like the nightmares. Okay. So like, I, I remember the only time, the other, other time a comic book gave me nightmares was, um, and this is blasphemous because nowadays it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the best, one of the best intercompany crossovers of all time. But I remember when JLA Avengers came out and it was just, just so much. And Perez is a genius in terms of being able to fit everything on pages and make so and, and, and every yeah. panel and make it, and make it cohesive. But I remember having this nightmare where I went to a comic book store and every book was like JLA Avengers. <laughs> and I was just, I grabbed every book and I'm opening it up and I'm just like, I can't make, I can't acclimate myself. There's just so much. Uh, and then the next time I had a nightmare was Rorschach and it was just, but it was the, the tone and the feeling of, uh, of, of. Every book is sad and people are staring out windows sad. Oh my yeah, God. No. This was like the dread, like the, the, uh, that you could feel the, like this, this, rage this underlying feeling of like i don't know there's something there that's just that's just there's there's a there's a, a cagedness to rorschach that i'm like oh yeah that's good stuff and i don't want to feel like that all the time but when you do it's like <laughs> okay uh so creating rorschach was in some ways a backdoor way of getting uh jorge fornes to not leave for marvel was, uh, <laughs> which is a good a good move that. um but uh, you uh, obviously were inspired uh, from conversations we've had before uh, to talk about kind of like the world we were in at the time, uh, which I guess was the inspiration for setting it 35 years after the events of, of Watchmen, setting it in the, in the present day in that universe. Yeah, this was written in, I guess, 20, you know, spring of 2020, right? Yeah. Right at the, right at the, 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 yeah, right at the, the tip yeah. of the fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, and I wrote it because of that, um, uh, because of, that was sort of where comics stopped for six months. Yeah. Uh, it gave me a chance to write it all at once, which I had never done before. You know, usually I write an issue here, an issue there. Is that true? You never, you don't write it all? Like, because there's, there's some that say, you know, you're, you're, you're like, some of your greatest strengths are these like maxi series where it's like it all is in one chunk but you do read you don't write it all like at the, at one time. i mean up until then which is now you know two and a half years ago or whatever oh that's fair yeah or, uh, oh but, but uh yeah i well i mean that's not too far i mean once i was on batman you know i was on batman from 2016 almost to 2020 yeah for 85 issues and that was double ship so that was like you were you know you wrote issue 17 then you wrote issue 23 and then you wrote yeah. issue six and then you wrote issue five and you just you 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 it was completely out of order and it was this there and if if for a second the train stopped uh-huh you did it mr miracle on the side and then went back on the train <laughs> yeah like batman was you know it just had to keep moving because if batman doesn't come out i mean this is the first thing they told me when i first got the gig 
and I, you know, I was all, all two years into comics, but they're like, if Batman is late, there were comic book stores who won't be able to make their rent that week because oh <laughs> because they count on the income from their Batman subscribers. Yeah, so you could never have Batman be late. Um, that's a that that's that's a lot of responsibility for <laughs> for the Batman writer and for the uh, editor for the editor. Like that's yeah. maybe that's not how the things should be structured. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I don't know the best way to 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 wean off of that at this point. You know. Uh, well, I'm sure now they're probably setting their their numbers by uh, X Men and Spider Man. <laughs> so, I well, mm, yeah, those, maybe. But but uh, but yeah, but oh, it's, we're writing it in chunks. Yeah. It was yeah, writing in chunks. So that's uh, I was always sort of scrambling, and it was it was it was taking the deep breath, and and like you said, you read it you read it all in a chunk. I wrote it all in a chunk. Yeah. Um. And and it was right at that sort of peak dread moment of sort of. America is is sinking, and you know we're inject, <laughs> injecting disinfectant in our arms and all that bullshit. This sort of yeah, the, begin, the beginning of twenty twenty. Yeah, sort of there the is right because there's this there's this undercurrent. Well, oh, there's there's overtones of uh, of ingestion of taking in something that is demonstrably fake and making and turning it into like a super serum that makes you that motivates you to become something <laughs> something ugly. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a big that's a that, I think that's a big element of this of this series. Um, yeah, and the the idea was was that you know I I, I purposely had this detective who has absolutely no background. Yeah, at what's all. It, what was the motivation there to give him no name, no background? Was it just because he needs to be like the well, is he the placeholder for the for 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 <laughs> Ditko's creation? Or, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Meyerson's direct creation. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he, so throughout, you know, in, in 12 issues, he reveals one background of one, one piece of information about himself in the 11th issue. It's for the climax when he has sort of a very big moment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was so blank that I remember in the beginning, Jorge was was like had drawn him sort of sitting down. Jorge's like, I can give him a tattoo on his arm. What tattoo do you want me to give him? No. And I was like, uh, yeah, I was, I was like, I was, oh, and you know, as a writer, you're like, oh, he could have this tattoo. Oh, we could have like Dr. Manhattan's little dot and that could be uh, symbolic of his or, uh, you know, or we could put. And, but then I was, I was like, nope. I was like, I have a rule. This is a, this is I'm, I'm creating a fictional character that has no background at all. The idea was um, and this is a theme throughout the whole thing. He's a Rorschach test. He becomes what the reader thinks he is. If you look at him and you're thinking about he's Columbo, if you're looking at him and thinking, you know, this yeah. is an Orson Welles thing, if you're looking at him and thinking he's a detective, like um, uh, uh, he himself, the detective, the lead character in this Rorschach book is a Rorschach test about the reader. So yeah. that's the, that was the idea that, 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 that he becomes the reader and then, oh, then the reader okay. sort of experiences what he experiences through that. I know that uh, some are also likening him to the Mark Ruffalo character and in, in the cut. Yes, and Mark Ruffalo, yeah, um, uh, uh, from uh, the Zodiac movie. The Zodiac movie, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember um, one of the things that I that I took away from this, and it was why we brought, why I brought up the the Oscar talk off mic was um, you're there. I think you are, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, like there is you are a comic guy and a movie guy and you blend the two in this like very uh, ultra stylized kind of like deliberate way, like where you infuse your love of film into your love for comics. And it's, it's emblazoned all over your office. It's, it's in the, the, the <laughs> it's in the ink, but uh, you know, 
I feel like there is this like Citizen Kane meets all the president's men plus like married to Watchmen, married to like to Ditko in this piece. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, it's it's I mean I think the one unfair thing is, but I don't think there's any single comic writer out there and probably not a comic artist who's not like also a movie fan. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I've they, never yeah. met them. <laughs> I get you. I guess you're right. Right. Like everybody, everybody I ever have talked to is like, has a really strong opinion about a, a particular subset of film. Yes. I think, I think, my, I, I think, I think you're right about me, but the one thing is that I'm not unique in that. Actually. Right. But, okay. but uh, yeah, ab- ab- um, absolutely. I mean, it's especially, uh, yeah, this this movie drew on on you know a combination of some old noirs, which I'm always drawing on, and yeah, like you said, '70s sort of paranoia thrillers, yeah. um, which I went to specifically because like those were all made sort of in the shadow of Watergate and the sort of us becoming you know disillusioned with government. It's always said yeah. when I was a kid, and I was like, I was like, oh, we feel like we're kind of in a Watergate moment again at again at the at the beginning of yeah. this pandemic, where we're sort of like it felt like we didn't have faith in sort of our institutions to protect us anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I purposely sort of echoed those into this. My, I, I sat down with my wife and we watched, you know, Parallax View and all those kind of, all those kind of movies. Yeah. And um, yeah, you, you're, you're dead on. Um, okay. With a lot of comic book stuff. Boy, there, there's a lot of comic book there, stuff. There's a lot of comic book stuff in a way. Frank Miller like, is in it. Frank Miller is literally a character in the book. Can we talk yeah. about Frank Miller being in the book? Was that one of those things where you're like, I want to use Frank Miller. I'll ask him. Or was it one of those things where you're like, let's just see what he says when he sees himself in this book. Like, I'm sure you had to talk to him. I asked him before I started. Um, and he said yes. But then the negotiations it was very very difficult <laughs> really like it was, there was one of the mo- most difficult not because anyone was being mean like, or, obtuse or, or difficult or yeah. obtuse or difficult it was just legally uh F- frank has spent his i mean he, frank when he was you know 25 was you know out on the the ramparts yelling about how poorly they were treating jack kirby so literally yeah. for like 40 years frank has seen big corporations rip off comic book creators and and so he was understandably reluctant to be like, I don't want DC to own my likeness. You know, that's like, fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and and so just to get that legally ironed out between the, the lawyers at DC and, and Frank himself, and I was like, that's total, totally legit. At one point, Frank, like the solution was Frank was going to sign his likeness over to me, and I would. <laughs> so I was like, like wow, I'm going to own Frank license Miller. it. Yeah, good okay. license. Yeah, he like he didn't want you know Frank Miller toys to be. Yeah, that's stuff, fair. Which is totally fair. Um, but yeah, he, he was always um, in the original Watchmen. Joe Orlando appears. It's he's he's in the Joe Orlando. If people don't know, is a, um, a a DC and EC artist and DC editor, and he appears in the Back Matter. So he's not in the actual comic book, but he right. he does he does appear. So uh, I I, I, lo- I like that idea that sort of real comic book creators worked on these famous pirate comics. Yeah, and I wanted to bring in a a big creator, and uh, a lot of this has to do with. Uh, oh, I'm I'm spoiling a little bit out about the book. You guys will still love it. I apologize for it. Oh yeah, no, but, don't. But there's um, uh, a moment where, where where I talk about a moment in comic book history. That's a real moment in comic book history, where where Otto Binder, who's the creator of Supergirl. Uh, when you, in, if this is back in the '60s, he was a little older than he's a golden age writer, so you can imagine. And, and uh, 
his his daughter had tragically died and been hit by a bus. The actual inspiration for Supergirl, the basis of her, had been hit by a bus and died. And Otto Binder went a little crazy after he very much believed in UFOs and stuff. And um, a group of comic book super fans, including Frank Miller, so there are like three or four of them, went down to visit Otto Binder um, to, to pay like their respects to be like, man, we love your comics. Yeah. And they had a seance. This really happened. I had no idea that this was a thing. Yeah. And uh, and they had a, a seance to talk to his dead daughter, basically. Yeah. And they all sat around a table and each of them sort of tried to talk to a dead. And they recorded it because it comp- so put a so there are recording exists of it. Frank Miller's 16 at the time talking Otto Binder. And then the way the seance worked was he believed that sort of you would talk to the dead and then you record it on a recorder and then the yeah. electronic. And so then they listened back to the electronic noise to see if they could hear the dead talking to them. And when I read when I was I love comic book history, when I was there, I was like, that's a Rorschach test, right? Like, yeah, it's a sound Rorschach test. You're, You're hearing what you want it. Yeah. And you hear what you want to hear. And so I oh that's when I first sort of thought, OK, I want Frank to be in this. And I want to talk about sort of that moment of going back in time and, and um, to, to a real historical event, which was this you know, combination of all these sort of factors. Holy shit. I did not know that was real. it was it was it was surreal because i I talked to frank and he had you know because i read about this in some history book and frank hadn't heard it he hadn't remembered it he was 16 yeah yeah, he was 16 so whatever this was you know over 50 years ago Mm -hmm. and i I was like you know i'm putting this in the book and he's like why he's like oh i was like so this happened because i I had a transcript of it but i didn't know if he remembers yeah oh i remember going back oh that poor man he was so sad about his daughter and and it was funny because he, he remembered that he thanked his he asked to talk to his grandmother. He's like, this is what my grandmother. Thought. It was a it was really moving to talk to Frank about sort of that moment when he was 16 years old. and kind of made this pilgrimage. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just it just blowing my mind. I, yeah, This is one of those things where it's like when you when when you absorb something like this, there's so many different layers and aspects to it that like and I, I'm fascinated by history and, and comic book history is fun because it's like as you know, and I'm not lecturing you, I'm talking to the people who are watching. Um, but, uh, you know, comic book history is fun because like you, you have kind of like this access as you can kind of see to like some of these creators to like know a little bit more about them, especially in today's world. Like, I don't think, I, I think that there's probably more like 60, 40 in terms of the comic book audience that meta reads comics at this point, <laughs> you know, where they don't just read the book and go like, boy, Spider-Man's in for it next week. Like I, now, like le- legitimately, like today, you know, people like Nick Lowe, he's gonna get it, and I'm like, okay, first of all, he's not gonna get any, leave him alone. But secondly, like, like how do you even know who the editor is? Like, you know, like, like only the, the 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 nerdiest of the nerds should know the credits, you know? <laughs> and not only that, but like you know their Twitter handle and you're and you're messaging them, and, and you know, but uh, but there's is there is this access, and I think it's it's just it makes them more human and it makes them more like real. And, and so it, it takes these like godlike figures and turns them into like human beings. I think that's what this comic also kind of does. Cause it's like, it's about comics as much as it's about America and yeah, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, that, I mean, that, that's again, if, if you're going to do Alan Moore, you got to do like, when I first approached this, you know, I was like, I, was like, I again, I didn't want to do a cover song of yeah. Warshak, so we threw out the nine panel grids, we threw out the back material, yeah, we we threw out the ch- chapter titles, you know, like he mm-hmm. had those cool chapter, we the quotes at the, the back quotes. end, yeah, that they're was gone, all, all of that in the bin. Um, but what we because 
so what we kept was sort of that spirit of like it has to talk about today and it has to talk about comics yeah so we that we 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 kept our our vibe like that was you know directly taken from um you know alan moore on high yeah um ditko is a massive element to this book <laughs> such a weird book all these things that are combined in it yeah i know yeah it's like it's frank miller it's oh my god yeah there's so many elements to it and i'm sure there's more and one of the things that i noticed and it's why i wanted to get you on the show uh it's really for me but whatever uh is because well and i want it to be like kind of a compliment because i'm going to talk about this on my on my big show where we're just where we make fart jokes on a couch and i'm going to talk about this really deep important book and uh, and i want this to be like a compliment i like like, farts on couches that's well thank you so do i uh but uh i want to um I wanted to have like a compliment where we're like, no, 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 I actually do take this shit seriously. And we want to talk about like, and I want to get into the nitty gritty about like what this is and, 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 and clarify some, some elements to it. Uh, and so Ditko is this big element to it. And of course, because Ditko uh, created uh, the impetus behind Rorschach, but what I didn't know and what took me down the rabbit hole. And I know that this, uh, which is that it's Rorschach isn't really the, ins- I'm sorry. The question isn't really the inspiration for Rorschach. It's actually Mr. A. Yeah, it's actually Mr. A, or it's a combination. It's a combination, like because Mr. A, what was it? Uh, the question is just Mr. A, but for the comics code, like it's just a, it's a cleaned up version, kinda. Yeah, of kinda, Mr. A. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, but this presupposes the idea that, like, because you're, you're right. You're, this book talks about comics, but also can't possibly talk about comics without talking about Watchmen. But it is in <laughs> Watchmen. So what would be the analogs slash what would be the world where there was no Watchmen because this is Watchmen and it would be that Steve Ditko was not an objectivist. (laughs) And if he wasn't an objectivist, then who would he worship? And if it wasn't Ayn Rand, it would be his polar, her polar opposite, which is uh, Hannah Arendt. Yes. Which is a philosopher. I, I, I'm not, I took one philosophy class in college and was like, I can't. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, that, that that's smart that you you picked all that up. That's awesome. No, um, no, I, it wasn't all by myself. I had to fucking look up stuff. Good, that's fine. At least it's out there. Yeah, I, I I was I was um uh, I was reading old comics journals, which is a stupid thing that I do. No, that's a cool thing you do, and that's like and and, and it makes you write these kinds of things where you could <laughs> talk metatextually about comics and make dummies like me go, "That was really cool," and you're like, "That actually fucking happened," and I'm like, "Oh, duh." But yeah, please continue. <laughs> and I was I was reading their sort of an analysis of 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 um, Mr. A, uh, and, and you know, of course, being the comics journal was very deep and long and and, and yeah. detailed, and it, and they had a lot of like um, pictures of sort of like his his notes on it, and and if you look at them, they're insane. Like they're not <laughs> they're beautiful. Like there's like beautiful drawings. Yeah, but they're the rantings of an of a crazy person right. and they look like i was like oh steve dicko is rorschach like he's right. like it's like there's genius there but also there's like a certain amount of insanity yeah um then, then, and I, I i was i was like well okay so he and, and and the insanity is this obsession with objectivism and with ayn rand's philosophy people who don't know what ayn rand is she wrote this the book the fountainhead is her most famous yes, book or Atlas Shrugged. Shrugged. And, and basically the, her idea is, is that like, there are um, some people are better than other people. And, and it's the government's job to get out of the way of those people so that they can rise up and, and lead us to and, glory. And be profound. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, 
and this idea that like there's a there's a black and white there's no more there's more there's no moral ambiguity yes yes there's yeah exactly there's the, and then that's what dicko like if you go online and watch the famous youtube video where they interviewed dicko that he doesn't go on camera they don't show him but he's like there is this is what my comments are always about comics say suck because <laughs> comics say are about that but there is a right and there is a wrong and there is and um it's it's uh <laughs> I mean, it's a very interesting theory. When I was in college, I knew so many people that were obsessed with it. But it's 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 like it's the road to fascism. It's the oh, idea yeah. that that a, that a small group of people should be controlling the rest of people, yeah. um, because yeah. they know what's right and wrong, and that's and a lot of people don't. Uh, so I, he was like obsessed with that theory, and, and to the end to, to to the last day of his life, yeah. um, was drawing comic books about that theory. Uh, and so I wanted to make someone equally obsessed, but instead of being obsessed with sort of a, a figure on the right, I, I, I used this figure on the left because we're in the Watchmen world, so it's a little different. Yeah. So yeah, I used Hannah Arndt, um, uh, who who wrote about the problems with totalitarianism and was was also a, a German Jewish immigrant. Yeah, she would know because she's a Holocaust survivor. Yeah, like, she was <laughs> a Holocaust survivor, and but but came from like the same place where it was like these are two you know it's extremes uh, contemporary. Yeah. Uh, uh, the German women who migrated to the United States but had completely different views of sort of that experience left them. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, so I did a ton of research into her and read all her, read a lot of, not all her books because she were a bajillion, but um, <laughs> read a bunch of her books. And, uh, and yeah, so, so that, so I have, so that he's Ditko, but he's Ditko at a different starting point with a different sort of obsession. Yeah. But in the same uh, sort of way. Now, um, I have to ask because it's, since it is Ditko or the, you know, it's, it's Will Meyerson. Um, Frank Miller's in the book, you know, the creator of Supergirl's in the book, but Ditko has an analog. Is it because you were just like, I'm not going to deal with the Ditkos and it's just so much easier if we just don't, or is it like, no, it actually fits the story if I can go. Cause I think there's a freedom to like, if you, if you make it an analog, like with Frank Miller, you can't have the Frank Miller character in the book, like shit himself and like, you know, you know, be a fool. You know, you want to give because he's a human being who can be like, "Hey, man, uh, fuck you! I'm gonna kick your ass." But with Ditko, it's like, I don't want to tarnish him. I'm gonna make this. I, I can go further. I can I can take liberties with this character, and it doesn't have to be a one to one as opposed to like a, a literal figure that you know or could you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I mean, I think there's there's two factors which you're identifying. Number number one, uh, who would want to deal with Ditko's people very litigious litigious people yeah um uh, and uh, and and the second factor is it, this was not like i said it's not ditko this is not a person who is yeah it's not ditko's, literally ditko yeah ditko's would hate this person <laughs> like oh yeah like like they, they created something that's like citizen like the, that's uh, like mr a but it's called the citizen and, and yeah. there there is a, is to participate in government <laughs> and, like, I know. like it's the opposite of everything he stood for yeah so i i i the, He's 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 more like an anti-Dicko than a Dicko, so I, I didn't think it would work if it was actually him. But but the litigious thing was definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I like those two different things. This is just uh, irrespective of that, but the fact that like Ditko was an objectivist and he was a, a subscriber to Ayn Rand's philosophy. Which, by the way, looking into Rand, I didn't realize this, but like I was looking into some of her notes, like you know, like Ditko wrote his own notes in the margins and shit. Uh, apparently Rand like wrote like Rorschach talks, which I didn't notice. <laughs> it was sentence fragments that were like ob just these obtuse phrases. And I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's deep. Like, all right, way to go more way to pull that. And then way to pull that because, you know, Steve did the same thing. Uh, yeah. I, Ayn Rand was no, you know, she, she, she was, was, was no dummy. She knew what she was doing. 
Yeah. She might be the most successful grifter in all. <laughs> well, propagandist. I don't know what you'd call yeah. her. Like, like she's convinced more people of her philosophy being true than, than, than almost any other philosopher. That's true. If you, if you went, I live next to Capitol Hill. If you went to Capitol Hill right now, you'd find 50 very powerful people who think the fountainhead is the greatest book ever written. That yeah, no doubt. I'm sure. Yeah. That's, that's uh, um, I mean, uh, Paul Ryan is a famously, and Paul Ryan, who was almost vice president of the country. That's right. Was, was, was famously an Ayn Rand. Is yeah. I'm sure he really Rand. understood it too. Um, but, uh, I love, um, but, oh, but my question given, uh, do you think there's any objectivism and Ditko, Randy and politics left? Like, do you think he put anything into Spider-Man? It's just a very random tangent, but I was just curious. Like, do you think, no, no, it's a fantastic question. Or do you think Stan just was like, oh no, none of that's going in there. (laughs) Cause I feel like when you look at early Spider-Man, you look at like Peter, he is very much like he's an individual and he's very much like self-determined and there is this kind of like me versus them. Like if I were in charge, things would be different kind of mentality like that. They kind of very quickly straight away from, but I feel like those early Lee Ditko era, uh, Spider-Man's like, I think Peter is kind of like, I think he did read the fountainhead like 15 year old Peter thought that was a really profound piece of literature. And it wasn't until he like, you know, got laid that he was like, Oh, never mind. I, I, I think I think there's a there's a ton of it in there. Uh, I mean, famously, like there's like this famous anecdotes of like in the later issues when Dicko was doing both plots and and pencils. Like, yeah, he had Spider-Man like you know go like, find some hippies and yell oh, at them. Yeah, him yelling at the hippies. <laughs> That's uh, it's such a rare instance, but it is it is there. <laughs> but 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 uh, but I think what survives at Dicko to this day that that you can sort of see is is a sense of alienation. Is a, is yes. a sense of. Um, I am someone special who is not recognized. That's, That's that. If you if you read the Fountainhead, it's it's about a guy named Rourke who's like a the most genius architect of all time. But because of all the crap that happens to him, nobody realizes what a genius he is. Yep. And that's why that's why kind of people stick to it so much because it's very easy in your life to be like I'm an unrecognized genius and that's kind of what it's about. So I, I think if you look back at, at the core of who Spider-Man is, he's kind of this awkward guy who has a great destiny, but every but you know, but the media doesn't recognize but, him in JJJ and yeah, and, and, but, and the government yeah. thinks he's crap and tries to get him down, but he's he's the Superman that nobody recognizes. Right. Wealth and fame, he's bad. ignored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, but there's cool. but there's so much of Stan in him that that kind of that overwhelms it, I think. Yeah, that kind bit. of good-hearted sort of the best of what Stan Lee was, which is kind I think of so. This, yeah, uh, well, f- you know, responsibility and power guy. Well, uh, we were. Uh, I remember on on one of our couch shows, we were talking about uh, the early Fantastic Four. Uh, was no, it was the early Avengers stuff, and you could just you could see the like eraser marks from what Kirby was doing, and what's <laughs> like where Lee's like every time Wasp does anything. She has to also say something really vacuous and really like <laughs> <laughs> really misogynist. And it's like she'll be like legitimately saving the day and also like, oh, he's dreamy. Uh, I could go, I could, I could fall into the ocean of his eyes. And I'm like, okay, Stan. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I'm trying to talk about how progressive these books are, and you're not doing me any favors. Um, you, you, yeah. you, you, I mean, you have to remember Stan as a guy who did a lot of research into romance comics. Like, Stanley right. wrote more romance comics than he did superhero comics. That's fair. That's he, fair. He, well, he wrote Millie the Model for twenty years. You know, oh like God. he wrote a lot of very sexist romance. Comics. <laughs> so they, that was kind of it was a very easy gear for him to shift into when he sure. probably had to do some dialogue late at night. Oh, of course, oh, big <laughs> time. Yeah. Well, and you could tell like there's this contrast, especially with like the big like the big power players like Avengers or Fantastic Four, where Jack Kirby's like, I want to talk about these 
these these powerful people and how they're like reshaping the world and stan's like well don't forget also that they're in love with each other and That's it's like right. like off screen they'll be like oh, watch out for your snakes like just a like stan lee added element to it but uh but switching gears back to back to the rorschach episode because of course we got to get back into the mud uh pontius pirate creation uh of of yours slash will myerson uh yes, pontius pirate pontius pirate uh the spider-man analog i love that 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 uh Fornes full page splash recreating the amazing fantasy 15 cover is inspired and brilliant um my editor jamie rich who's now moved on from dc he was a very quiet editor you know i'm kind of like thank you for turning something in he barely com- commented uh, but he's like pontius pirate i like that name <laughs> 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 I love that. I like that name. I thought it was going to be like, I think Marvel going to sue somebody. Like, <laughs> but no, I love that. I like that name. Um, well, that was that. Not ju- not to be outdone. Dark Fight Returns. Dark Fight Returns. Yeah, I went through a lot of iterations to come up with Dark Fight. Whether it was, <laughs> and I like, but I love that in this universe, like you really play up the pirate thing because it's like, and then the element of like, I want to talk about something real. I want to talk about superheroes, and I'm like, oh my god, I like, I love that element of this where that is the real world and it's not it's not it's not it's goofy children's stuff like pirates yeah which which actually are real like <laughs> uh well i, re- uh, I mean i've read watchmen you know probably two or three times before someone pointed out to me do you realize in the watchmen universe um instead of superhero comics taking over pirate comics yeah over. like i didn't get that the first few readings no and then you, then you read the one panel where he's like ex-pirates there's like a bunch of comics and they all have like new pirate mutants and and yeah. Like, oh, he's making a commentary of like, it's just completely random that we all embrace superheroes instead of some other genre. Right. It could have been something else. It could have been something that else. was. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Um. Yeah. So, uh, with respect to using real characters and infusing them into that world, um, this is you're, you were talking about how that the, we talked about three, but uh, who else? did you manage besides yourself because obviously there's a little cameo at the end with uh, I think, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh is that is that you and mitch at the end that's, that's jorge drawing is that song. jorge yeah. oh that's i had i had some it's funny i had dialogue over that originally and it you was because dial- it looks like you're talking like it there looks is like we're talking yeah and uh jorge got mad at me I, I, it the commentary was was like do you think will myerson would have loved like that he's like oh i think he would prefer a check it was it was <laughs> I kind of like that. It was a joke, but I was I was reading. I was like, "It's too meta a joke. It takes it takes you out of it." You think it's that's like... too meta? There's a full page. If you haven't read it, there's a full page <laughs> splash that is a literal shot for shot recreation of Amazing Fantasy 15, but in pirate theme. But that would have been the 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 the, the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of. <laughs> My favorite part of those. I, so I I did you know I did a, a copy of of, of that of that co- of um six you know whatever fifteen yeah and. Uh, I did it in so that all of the grammar matched up to what Stan had in the, the original cover copy. Yeah, um, it's it's a it's actually a Kirby cover. It's not. A, yes, it is. It is. Yeah, uh, and and so when the copy editors came through, they're like, "Oh no, you this is all wrong," and they, <laughs> and they corrected it. And I was like, "No, no, 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 that, that, no, it's supposed to be wrong. It's, <laughs> that, that's the original. That's that's just in Stanley grammar. That's oh, not that's awesome. I love it. We have to go. We have to move it back to the the original bizarreness. Yeah." Um, what, where did, where did the kid come from for you? Uh, uh, is this I like, mean, this is, this is a kid that would be reared in the Watchmen universe. Like <laughs> if you grew up in the Watchmen universe, it'd be fucking weird. Um, 
but you can tell there's more there's more to it than that i mean like i got some yeah. serious preacher vibes from the uh the dad and and kid sequences that i'm like <laughs> god damn yeah there's some fucked up stuff that, uh, uh so uh the the kid i mean first of all she's 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 uh, a tribute to the old noir aspects of it um this these are some deep cuts but like her name is Laura, which is a very famous noir. And, and Laura is a noir about a guy who sort of falls in love with a girl he never meets and just sees a picture of her. It's about a detective who sort of is in, a, a, a detective investigating the murder of someone, and she and he uh, and he falls in love with the someone who's who he's investigating, which is kind of what the Rorschach was about. It was about a detective who kind of uh, falls, you know, gets too involved in the murder they're investigating. Yeah, and so that was part of it. And then it was also taken from. Um, another noir called gun crazy uh which was which is about two bandits on the run and sort of getting worse and worse as they go and she's she's mod, she's modeled a little bit after the, the character in in, in, gun, in crazy, gun crazy Ellie, uh, uh, peggy peggy cummings okay um, oh laura cummings yeah yes her name is laura cummings <laughs> <That's her name. laughs> uh, so, so so that that's sort of where her out there's a famous scene where where that in that character in that that movie's kind of cool because they're two um uh, trick shots they're from a circus trick shot show where they're like the best shots in the world yeah and they decide to become bank robbers so it's like a superhero movie because they can shoot any target they're kind of like two like bullseyes you know together yeah 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 uh so 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 that that's sort of where her and her powers came from um and her origin i mean like she she grew up in this in this small town in wyoming hannah wyoming which is where my uh, father grew up oh shit and uh, it's a very small town and all that stuff about like the the mining accidents and the um the graveyard and, and, the, and the mining graveyard that's all true that's all that's all still there and it's you know it's, and it's about sort of and you know i i visited those places you know where your father grew up at, you know and those were you know my family still lives out there still have tons of cousins out so that uh, right. like panhandle nebraska wyoming area yeah and uh and so yeah it was it, when it, it was about like that kind of area and and how when you're sort of out there and isolated some of these i mean the thing that happened which they had in the tv show which is is the the squid happened yeah and then there's no real explanation for what the fuck that was, right? Like, well, yeah, nobody defines out, right? Like, nobody, that's... yeah, no. Even in the TV show, to spoil the end of the TV show, like it turns out it's like this whole conspiracy that with where they kind of fake more squid attacks and stuff. Like, but but nobody ever tells them that this is happening. The general populace doesn't know. This. They never know that it's fake, right? Yeah, exactly. all, all they know is that a huge alien squid came and killed you know a few hundred York, thousand yeah. people in New York, and then never attacked them again, right? <laughs> <laughs> And that's a very bizarre fact to live with for 30 years. And I think it would drive some people insane and to some people to paranoia um, the same way sort of, you know, the, the, the metaphors, like where, the way Q was driving people to paranoia at the time. This yeah. was written. Um, where when, when you're looking and you're, you know, when there's a fucking pandemic that's killing you, you kind of start turning to any source you can to sort of get away from that. And it's kind yeah. of understandable. So, so, so yeah, that, that, that's sort of where it came from sort of, uh, you know, how, how paranoia can, can, can rot a brain yeah oh yeah no that's i mean that's at the end of the day like it's it's ideas are infectious and 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 be careful where they come from and you know what the what the motivation behind them is and maybe there isn't one and you know like the the sequence where um where laura's with her father and he talks about like reading i mean never mind the, the mother aspect but just when he's like i was reading an old uh meyerson book uh about the citizen and it like it made me like change my, it made me start to think like I started to change my mind about like my, my craziness about like all the, all the <laughs> terrible things that I've been like how I raised my daughter to be a killing machine. Yes. And, uh, 
and and that's what I knew the squids had got in my brain. And the idea of like, yeah, like if 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 there's this inexplicable phenomenon to the average American, and all you have is your own paranoia to explain where it came from, and you already have like a confirmation bias, like who knows where that'll go, but it, it's not going to be anywhere good um, or yeah, productive. Exactly. And the, and the original squid wasn't just it wasn't just a teleported squid. Yeah, it was like it was a telepathic. It was, a, it was telepathic, right? Yeah. Like it was. It got inside people's brains, right? Know? And it's like, so yeah. If I have like invasive thoughts, maybe that's the squid telling me what I don't want to, what I don't want to hear. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, but I love the idea. Like this, that's just that metaphor of like this dude being like, I almost had like a better way of thinking, or like a, a a contrary way of thinking. Like there was a way of thinking that was contrary to my own bias, and so I, and for a minute, like I question my own you know fortitude and that made me realize that it's actually aliens infecting my mind and i had to die and i'm like that that is so angry <laughs> like there is this there is this i i know happy book <laughs> i feel it so much where it's like yeah if, if i was in 2020 like 2020 yes like where it's like people would rather die than hear anything contrary to their own bias and it's like wow uh and that's when i was like i was thinking about uh, when i was doing some research for 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 rorschach and this is what ultimately prompted the conversation because i was just like i was i was hunting for uh because i was like well obviously when rorschach dropped when issue 12 dropped every news outlet just pulled your ear to talk about an in-depth analysis of the book uh no <laughs> uh, they they didn't ladies and gentlemen there's no videos and there's no discussion about it. And I, I think that it's because this book is 20 years too late. I, I think that this book is exactly where it needs to be at the right time, but the comic book industry isn't, and the, and the, the consciousness isn't where it like, where a book like it, like, I think this is preacher level where it's like, but preacher hit like that, that audience and just, and it grabbed them and it stayed there for 30 years. Right? It's just, it's been there. And Rorschach is like, well, and today it's Tuesday because everything's fucked up. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's like, no, but this is really saying something about it. It's like, yes, yeah, so is everything, man. Like, I, I don't want to feel bad. I just want to watch reruns of Supermarket Sweep, if you don't mind. Like, I don't want to fucking think about that. And it's like, but that's so also prescient and contemporary. Like, that is, it, it, this could only come from 2020. Um. Well, I, I, I appreciate but... that all, and I appreciate people who, you know, I I, I, I used to watch old episodes of Match Game at the height of the, <laughs> the, height of the yeah. Like, I, 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 I needed some kind of comfort food. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I, I wanted to watch people in the seventies, you know, when when life was good, and they were just yeah. their biggest worry was how sexist a comment they could make on TV. You know, like <laughs> like I I I, I um I, I I sympathize with people um who who don't always want a dose of sadness. Um, with with their with their entertainment but i also sympathize with people that you know like sometimes it's time for a sunday and it's time to explore the, the dark side of our souls you know yeah well because it, it and it's you know i i know that i've i've certainly uh said it and it's i don't think this is necessarily this is not taking joy in the darkness this is not like a book and that's the thing like they're you know let's just say there are other rorschach books that just revel in darkness and misery and this is at least trying to say something about like what's happening right now, as opposed to just being like superheroes or fascist monsters and, you know, <laughs> beware. Yeah. Uh, I, I had noticed it's, it's not a commentary on superheroes. It's not here to 
yell at its audience to preach. Yeah. I, hate, I hate books that preach. It's one of my new things. I hate books that are just like, I could have read your Twitter feed. Why do I, <laughs> why am I reading your comic book? Right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not at all what I wanted to do. Anyone who knows me know, probably knows my feelings on politics. And I think if I just presented my feelings on politics, it would be really boring in a book. Um, so yeah, yeah, I wanted to go, I wanted to go deeper than anything I could say on Twitter, which is what stories should do. They should go they should. beyond just saying like, you know, so that's why racism Twitter's is free. bad or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's like, you already know that you fucking, you have that in your head. You, you exactly. need to get deeper into like the consciousness of people. Well, it needs to infect you, you know, like like the, like, like the squid, like the squid stuff. Like I, the squid, you need to be a Rorschach test. So when you read it, you can see yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the comedian smiley face in um, Turley's room in your Turley's office. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> crazy. That moment is just like it's such a gut punch because you're just like, oh, like once you see that, you're like, oh, I know. And then there's like the hero worship of the comedian, and you're like, oh my god, like this this guy's bad news. But also, like, what? <laughs> and, and and the the but there's also this thing like you talk about preaching, and that's that's not what this book does. Like Ray, like uh, uh I want to say Reagan, but no, it's it's Redford. I'm thinking of a different R actor who was actually not president, but yeah, Redford. Redford's ten years deep into his presidency. No, he's like 20, 25? Like, yeah, yeah twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. Thirty five years, years after after uh yeah so it's 20 that, that's taken from the tv show so th so this takes place in tv show continuity it doesn't touch on the tv show events right except it, it vaguely mentions that they happen in the back in the background pay attention yeah but but yeah it, it, in in the tv show they had that redford does what nixon did and just keeps getting elected over and over again yeah well like uh, uh like fdr fdr also like went for a fourth term yes um but uh yeah i love the idea that uh that 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 uh, is explored but also that like that it's wrong you know <laughs> like it's not just you know like it was you know we had a democrat in the white house for 25 years and everything was great <laughs> you know it, that's, yeah. that's that's not healthy for america and it's like that's that's what you're saying but like you know but maybe maybe there is a little bit of a 2020 in there where it's like yeah but maybe not turley though <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't think he was the right man for the job <laughs> He's I, I I mean he's he's got a little he's he's more Lyndon Johnson than Trump you know he's got kind of yes uh, well but, except Turley's like is was L, yeah LBJ was was a conspiracy theorist he was a nut in his own way he was well I mean I I took from like LBJ loved to talk to people he was taking his shit was like how he sort of that moment immediately I was like oh my god that's well because LBJ also did wasn't he the one who had a nickname for his dick yeah he did yeah he's like and he's like he would be like oh like hey you want to see it because it's huge and it's like yeah. okay man <laughs> thanks it's like in the middle of congress yeah truly a people's president uh, uh yeah so I, I i i i took some of that but he's yeah he's not a one-to-one -one, but i was very excited when i found the one panel in watchman with where you sort of see a, a soldier walking by i was like oh that's him that's totally that's, that's the one <laughs> <laughs> i was like i did the math i was like okay he could still be alive he could be yeah. president right let's do it okay so uh what what like little Lulu backup did the did a creator named Turley create? Because uh, I have to assume that name came from some obscure fucking corner of comics that I've never heard of in my life. Kurt Turley is my best friend from elementary school. Oh, okay. <laughs> and hopefully he never reads. This. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, lest you get into a McFarland situation where it's like, oh no. Um, a very nice uh, uh, Mormon boy from Southern Los Angeles is also a yeah. That's amazing. I love it. It's a good name. It's a good name for uh, you know for for a political character. Um, 
Yeah, let's hope what happened to him. I haven't seen him since I was nine or ten years old. Well, that's a that's a smart way to go. Yeah, because I can't use names of people that I know now, where they're like, "Hey, (laughs) yes." (laughs) You'll you'll see names. I I I, you know I especially I kill a lot of people that need to be named, and you'll see names repeat themselves of friends, and uh, I'll throw you into something. You already did, man. Whether you did or whether you meant to or not. Oh, I probably did. Yeah. Love Everlasting. There was a uh, an issue at the end of issue one of Love Everlasting. There's a Sal in the uh, hospital. There you go. And I was like, is that me? That can't be me. That's you. No. See, that's just I knew that's just Sal. (laughs) I just appreciate that he's not a a a fucking mobster, because that's like Sal's don't get to be Batman is my old mantra. Like (laughs) Sal's are Sal's are low level enforcers. They're they're mobsters. You know, Sal Maroney uh sal valestra they're they're all batman kingpins and i'm like that's not what i want man i wanted to be batman it's like sal's don't get to be batman it's too ethnic and i'm like that's the funniest thing i could possibly say because i'm the the whitest person in the world but uh (laughs) yeah man but uh no yeah so um (laughs) thank you uh but yeah man okay so um i think we're pretty much there i don't want to get too in the weeds oh but i wanted to mention what was the so who were some other comic people that like we missed outside of the, the obvious ones. Like who else did you weave into this piece that we were just like, Oh, that's not like that. That seance story. I'm just still, it's still rattling in my head. And it's like, man, the seance people are old fan or um, some of the founders of fandom, the guys who sort of did the original sort of sixties fandom stuff, you know, did all like I found alter ego. Yeah. Roy Thomas. Um, thinking of others sort of i mean you know gil kane i feel has killed his yeah. launchman like he's he's he, he it's not him it's, he has a different name but it looks just like him and he oh so I, I feel like i put some gil kane reference in there um yeah it, there's there's a ton of comic books crap yeah okay cool i don't want to yeah I, I won't make you just You're trying rattle to off the list up. but uh um i mean the, the, we you know, Watchmen had the famous issue. I mean, here's a good comic book: um, Fearful Symmetry, right? Where they, yeah, um, uh, where each panel mirrors the other panel. So panel yes. one refers the last panel, and kind of goes forward until the middle when you see Osmandius slam the guy. Yeah. Uh, and so we didn't want to do that again because someone had because you can't repeat what he did. Sure. And also, they did a very good version of that fairly recently in GI Joe. Uh, Oh really? Well, I think it's about oh fairly recently. It's like ten years back now. But yeah, there's a really there's a really cool GI Joe issue that's like that. Um, awesome. And uh, so we did our version of it, which was with these uh, three witnesses who all get interviewed oh, at the same time. Yes. And um, and so like we're like this is our fearful symmetry issue. We're going to do something weird with comic books, and you can read that either vertically or horizontally oh. um, and, and the, the story can be told either way. So that's, that's kind of a cool little where like, just like in that issue where you can read it backwards or forwards and this one, you can read up or down. Oh so shit. It's kind, of, kind of related to tribute. Okay. Is that the one where they, uh, they go back to the, um, where they're telling the stories about the farm. Yeah. Where they're telling, the... they're telling the three simultaneous stories that take place yeah. at three different time, but the time periods don't add up. So like it goes like back and forth and you don't find out to the end how the time periods add up. Yeah. It's very hard to write. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took a, I remember, right. I think I even tweeted about, it. I was like, why did I make this so hard to write? <laughs> right. I was like, this is takes, it was, it was, it was a lot because, you had to line everything up perfectly and the time periods had to act. And, oh yeah, it was hard. 
but yeah. we, we but Jorge and I put and Jorge made it even more complicated than I had put it. He made it like into this like 16 panel grids and do all sorts of weird things. Oh yeah, no, he played with panel layout, which which was such a great way to do it, like just to to throw it on its ear and make you like make you question what you're looking at and try and try and like look at another way. Yeah. Cause I know uh uh, part of the element of our channel is we like we have people here who don't read comics on on the regular. So like we have people who legitimately go like, how, which way do I read this? <laughs> and I'm like, how do you read it? Left to right, man. And he's like, yeah, but what about like what do I start off? I'm like, you're like a typewriter. You go unless it, oh well, unless it doesn't, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and then they pick up a manga and they're like, he lied to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you know that's a different thing, man. But it's, you should be able to notice from the freaking cover. But. uh but then you look at something like what Forna is set up and it's like, yeah, no, it's deliberately like difficult to read and you're all over the place. That's dope. Cool, man. All right. Well, I guess that's, that's enough. I don't want to, it's a lot. I don't want to keep you up too late, but uh, oh, I greatly appreciate, I greatly appreciate because we worked hard to put so many layers in it. So it's really nice if someone sees all the layers. I, oh, I, sure. Well, that's the thing is I awesome. don't, that's why you're here. Cause I'm like, no, no, no. I, I need to know what <laughs> I need to know more about what the hell's happening in this thing. Um, <laughs> But, Did you get uh, the fingerprints? There's lots of, there's, yeah. lots of things with fingerprints. There's lots yeah, of those are dope. No, it's there. That's one of those things where you must have so much confidence in your collaborator because you're trying to, you know, like with film, you rely on your actors to convey subtlety. But in this case, you were relying on an artist to convey the subtleties of text. And I can't imagine how stressful that must be for both of you, where it's like, you are conveying it, but they're the one who's executing it. Uh, you know, it's it's fine with a guy like Jorge. It's not stressful. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, no, it's not. I, I'm saying like it's you know it's stressful because you're writing it and you're like, oh, are we, we going to get this idea? Do I need to go bigger? And uh, and then you get your first like page back and you're like, oh no, we're good. I can just yeah. I can go for the for it and they get it in. I, I I think about that in animation. You know where I'm like, whenever there's like a subtle moment in The Simpsons from back in the day, and I'm always like. How did they know to do like how did they get wow. that moment? I feel the same way. Yeah. How did they get the how did how did the animators get if get that from the script and get it yeah. perfectly so that the gag works? Exactly. Cause yeah. some of those gags are all about like a, a, a pause, a breath. There's like that moment when uh, they get the mystery date from Millhouse and Homer's smile just slowly grows on his face as he realizes it looks like Millhouse. And it's yeah. just like, how do you like uh, yeah, but I feel like the same way with comics where it's like you know, you you think you hear about like the the script, and especially, it, ladies and gentlemen, if you have it already, you should definitely read an Alan Moore script because they are the most maddening thing you've ever read. Because they are, first of all, they're all in <laughs> You'll caps. give up after two pages. Yeah, well, because they're all in caps. yelling at. You. Yeah, it's, it is, and it and it is. There's no question. It's just like, and then like, no, it's, <laughs> but uh, but it's just it's all caps. It's written on a typewriter, so it's like Courier new, and it's <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and every single panel is just like. This is what the panel is. There's, uh, it's all there's, the background stuff. And all yeah, there's just stuff. almost no room. Uh, unless it's, uh, I did read. Have you ever read the the script he had for a Gen thirteen? No, I didn't. Oh my god, you got to read his Gen thirteen script where he's okay. like, it, it's it reads like the Frank Miller script for All Star Batman and Robin, where it's like, here's some cheesecake, like, you know, <laughs> make the fanboys drool. And I'm like, really, Alan? Like, okay, I, I guess. It's 1994 and fuck it, right? Like <laughs> that first issue of All Star Batman and Robin. Oh my god! It just, it just starts as a close up of a girl's. Of a, like just, whoa! Yeah. 
Yeah, no. And if you read that script, like it's incredible because he's like, like put all your just put all your talents on display, Jim. Let it rip. And I'm like, I mean, he did, but why? <laughs> All Star Batman and Robin, man. It's it's a someday trip. when I'm more drunk, you ask me about how, about my adventure trying to write the sequel to All Star Batman or to, no. to write the last four issues. The last one you did not really. I was like, hired not... to I was hired to do that at one point in my career. Oh my god. We have to talk about that. We don't. <laughs> uh, we don't have to talk. We don't have to record that shit. That's. I'll. I just need to know. Did it was now? Can I ask this? Since you brought it up, and I'll. I promise not to get you in trouble. But, uh, uh, did like, did Frank write one? Like, or did he just not? Like, did he not turn it in? Or is it like he went? Ah, fuck it. It was a whole thing. I will say this. Both of those men, Jim Lee and Frank Miller, are heroes of mine. I don't want. I, I, That's I, true. I, yeah, I, I deeply adore them. Not only as uh, creators, but just as men. I think as men. They, they, I know Frank. Frank had some troubles, and he went through some hard times. He did. But yeah. He's, he's and, and 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 some of his statements at those hard times reflect those hard times. But he's come out on the other side of it, and he's he's awesome. Yeah. Um, and people have a right to change. And J- Jim has been. I mean, like th- this book here is a testament to Jim because Jim called us at the beginning of the pandemic and was like, um, and we're like, Jim, what do we do? What do we do? Is it pencils down? He's like, nope, keep working. He's like, I got your back. You keep working. We'll, we'll deal with what, what the consequences of that. That's awesome. So those, those are two awesome dudes yeah. um, who managed to make a fucking insane comic together. That book is, oh, it's so like, <laughs> that might be some of the best Jim Lee stuff I've ever seen where it's like, it is just firing at all the cylinders and, and maybe a few extra cylinders, uh, I, I, yeah, no, I unabashedly, I, I owe my career to All Star Batman and Robin. Just talking about it on the couch and being like, at, th- there's a moment where, because these two had never seen it before, I open the page, I open, I then, yeah, it's the, it's the Batcave scene. I open it up and then I open it up again and then again <laughs> and then one more time. And they're like, no. And I'm like, and they're like, why? And I'm like, I think it's because Jim just thought it'd be dope. And it, is. And, it's, it's dope. and it is dope but no one it's never been done before <laughs> i i own the world's worst splash page from that i, I jim do you really you own a piece of all-star batman and robin the boy wonder i own uh i bought i bought because i bought it because it was a jim lee splash it was when i didn't have any money and it was the, the only one i could afford and it's 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 a picture of of robin he's in the cave and it's literally the whole splash is black Yep. And there's a little baby Robin head in the middle. <laughs> That's probably the size of a nickel. And I was yeah. like, yeah, Jim Lee Splash. That's <laughs> That's awesome. How come that's not on the wall? You're like, it is. Um, that's that's me with uh with Darrington when I uh I read uh Batman Universe. I was like, holy shit, my wife is right, Darrington is awesome. And I bought that page where uh, uh, what's his name, uh, where uh, Jonah Hex is yeah. throwing up, it is. It and it's just nothing. I'm taking out the world's worst Jim Lee splash. Oh, right. So if you ever see us about heritage, you know I sold it. I don't even remember that page. <laughs> I talked to him about. It. He said, "Yeah, I did the inks myself." So these are original, <laughs> oh my god, original Jim splatter. Did, at that point, do you just <laughs> do you just ink the page and then do you use whiteout to to clean it up like? <laughs> That's incredible. That is kind of awesome, by the way. Like that's a because nowadays it'd be it'd be digital. Yeah, it'd probably be digital. Yeah, that's right. Like you wouldn't have poured on ink. Yeah, you have to put that shit under some kind of some some heavy something heavy. Other lest it cur- let's lest it just curl forever because of how much ink is on that page. <laughs> but when you go back to your table and they're like, "Tom, did you buy some more?" Yeah, I got Jim Lee Splash. Let me see. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, are you shitting me? It's a face. Yeah, but it's a splat full page. It's also better. It's Jim Lee and Frank Miller splashed. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Only cost me twenty five thousand uh, dollars. But no, man. Uh, thank you so much for 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 indulging me. This is straight up. This is like I feel bad every time I like I have you on. It's never to like promote something. It's just like, hey, can I just talk to you for forty five minutes and just laugh for a while? I love but, talking uh, and laughing. I appreciate, no, but I appreciate, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do for comics. I appreciate no, I. You, you're you the one out there screaming them, for the books and it, it, it makes makes me uh incredibly proud of you my buddy oh thanks man no it's i'm i'm the lucky one i get to read eisner award-winning fucking books and then talk about and then make you explain them to me That's uh right. but uh but no love everlasting on substack now check it out <laughs> oh hey, dude, if you it's on substack yet it's it's the paid tier but you can read the rorschach one script if you want yes to that's right and i was oh that's yes, what I that's what post that that's what got me to it because I got an email about it and I'm like, okay, that's right. Because I remember, yeah, you were like, come on, man, read read Rorschach, it's good. And I was like, all right, fine. And I don't know why I had to have my arm twisted. I'm, I'm like that, where I'm like, eat your vegetables, and it's like, oh, they actually taste really great. Um, but yeah, uh, Rorschach on sale, Love Everlasting, uh, romance comic, not uh, it's a horror comic disguised as a romance comic. It's genius. Uh, it's on Substack for free if you want to read it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another amazing collaborator, by the way. Um, Elsa Chartier. Elsa Chartier. Uh, she also is on YouTube, by the way, if you can want to watch her stuff. Uh, she's not you. I know you watch. I know. I've been trying to get on her shows. I'm like, Elsa, I know you. Can I get on? No, sorry. You're no, this, a cl- this, big line. this is a classy show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. That's why I'm not. People have to trim that beard up for this. <laughs> but uh, thanks, all everybody. We'll see you guys next time with another episode. Uh, probably not like this, but it'll be fun. Check it out. Thank you.